My Mac Podcast 314. Windows 7 phone was my idea. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome to my Mac podcast number 114. <laughs> 114. <laughs> I said it, didn't I? No, you can't just, believe it. You're supposed to say it's 314. Let's, uh, let's just keep going. I like it. So it's mymac.com podcast number 114. <laughs> wow. That what was a, a long time ago. What a donkey. I'll yeah. start again. I'm leaving it in, man. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I'm the sick one this week. <laughs> well, I'm feeling better. <laughs> okay, so welcome to my map podcast number 314. And um, uh, guy, you yes. sound like you're back. Yes, I am back. I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm feeling much better. I ha- oh my. I had. I, I was off of work for. Uh, I think like uh, three and a half days. I actually ended up having to go in because it was the end of the quarter, and I had some reports to do. Uh, one of the one of the people that worked for me called up, and they're like, "Well, do you realize they want this report today?" It's like, oh, "Okay," so I, I had to go, I had to go ahead and go in. So you know, took care of it. But I, I'm feeling much better now. Did, it was. Did they apologize when you got in? It's the U.S. government. They don't apologize for anything. <laughs> they don't apologize to no. anybody. <laughs> no. You know, Bomba City. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no, we're not sorry. No, no we're not sorry. We don't care. Yeah. Oh, well, as long as you're feeling better now. I am uh, feeling better. Well, it was weird because, you know, I went to Ohio uh, last weekend or the, the weekend that before I became sick. Yeah. And I was staying with a friend of mine and his wife. And when I got up on Sunday morning for the for the drive home, I was I wasn't feeling that great, but I figured, well, I hadn't been sleeping that well, so you know that was probably a lot of it right there. And it's about a six to seven hour drive to get from you know where I live here in in Northern Virginia to my friend's house in Ohio. And about halfway through the drive, man, I was just feeling terrible. I think I ended up stopping like once or twice for about an hour just to just to kind of rest. That's how that's how messed up I was. But I got up on Monday and was just, oh, my God, just I, I couldn't. Uh, every part of me ached. And that's when I sent you the email and said, oh, sorry about the short notice, but you're going to have to do the podcast all by yourself. And it sounded just like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so sorry. <laughs> that was fine. It went, um, as you probably heard, if you listened to it, the listeners came up with the goods. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we had the we had the the, uh, the two Skype calls, and we don't have any this week, so you guys are are slacking off. So seven zero three four three six nine five zero one. That's our Skype number. Give it a call. Um, and of course, then you had the uh, the feedback from Jeremy North, and thank you very very much, Jeremy. That was that was uh, very nice of you to send that in to us. Um, no real feedback this week, though. I did get a. Get well wish from Kuban one one one. Thanks, dude. And uh, that I think was about it as far as uh, as far as feedback goes. Yep. Yep. Other than well, a, a technical issue which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yes. Yes, we will do. So you're back on song. That's good. Yeah, we're mostly. Back, <laughs> we're back, uh, mostly. Yeah. Mostly. Uh, uh, why don't we talk about what's going on at uh, my Mac real quick? Uh, yes, that would be a good idea. So, do you want to start? Do you <laughs> I'll want to start. start? Hey, I'll oh, start. Uh, there's a review by Mark Rudd on the Altec Lansing Home and Away, which is, uh, it's kind of a, I guess, a iPod boombox. And he he really liked it, thought it was, it was pretty good. You should uh, go and read that review by Mark Rudd. He gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, overall, he's quite impressed, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. You've completely thrown me now, guy. Cause I did. I've got. Yeah. What did I do? I've got. <laughs> I've got the list here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think you've started two, two from a completely different position. Where I was going to start. Uh, where were you going to start? 
<laughs> the Adobe InDesign uh, Bible Book Review by Mark Rudd. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where are we? This. Oh my! Okay. This this show is just getting out of control. Uh, <laughs> I think we've got some cutting to do. Anyway, <laughs> do you want to start the MyMac bit again? <laughs> no, no, keep going. Okay, so uh, Mark Rudd's also done a book review for the Adobe InDesign uh, CS5 Bible. Um, basically, he made a statement in there which I quite like, which was making a good resource even better. So he liked it. Yeah, he did. Did like the book? Did. Did. I mean, the, the thing is, what threw me, I suppose, about you going on about the uh, review from Mark Rudd is he's done a third review, which was um, the iPhone 4 commuter series. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I forgot where you had left off last week. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, why don't you talk about the review okay, well, of, by Mark Rudd of the iPhone commuter series? Absolutely. Well, you, you'll find out that Mike Breed... Uh, actually prefers sex appeal over bulk and protection. Uh, I re- really wasn't sure where that review was going. <laughs> <laughs> but, it re- but it really is about the Defender and Commuter series of iPhone cases. Um, do both series get a high rating? Well, I'll tell you what, you're going to have to go over and read to find out, because yep. I know. <laughs> now, you did the you did you do the review last week by uh, Elisa Pacelli, yes. uh, the, the yes. Colby? Okay. Yes, I did. All right, yeah, you can tell I am just <laughs> losing my mind tonight. Uh, Scott Wilsey did a review of the Photoshop CS5 HDR Pro and O'Reilly HDRI and PS CS5 webcast. Uh, Adobe and um, O'Reilly did a uh, webcast talking about some of the new features of CS5. And, you know, I, I've never sat in on one of these. It, I guess he said it was about an hour long. Uh, the first 30 yeah, minutes said, was yeah, presentation, but, and the second right. half was questions and answers, which is really, I mean, how there were probably people from all over the world that were watching this, and all of them, after the, the presentation, were able to give question, questions and answers concerning Photoshop. And I think that's, that's a really, really cool way to present new software. Very true. Yes, I think it's a, a, a really good idea, actually. Um, and also, one thing that I took away from reading the article um, is that you're actually better off uh, going out with the intent of taking a HDR photo and not just going out and you know thinking, oh, I'll do a HDR shot here because it might come out. It, you know, the article and the um, the presentation, I think. Um, gave the indication that really you should think about when you want to go out and do um, a HDR shot. And, yeah, just kind of planning out. Now, I, I, I don't have a uh, camera that's capable of natively doing HDR from from within it. And I've always kind of wondered, you know, how... Well, actually, actually, God, I bet you do. What sort of camera have you got? Uh, well, I mean, right now I've just I've got a, a Canon... Um, what's it called? It's It's a... Uh, uh, HD, HDMI uh, high definition video camera that, that ah right I see right. yeah okay. yeah and then of course my iPhone 3GS not, neither of which is like really all that great for taking pictures no it's not it's not what you'd intend to use when you're going to go out and take a HDR shot you're really looking at um, obviously a, a DLSR yeah. yeah although I mean you can as long as you as long as you've got control over your your um, your settings with the uh, aperture and um, you can kind of fake it afterwards. You can, well, yeah, on any camera, as long as you can, you know, you can adjust those settings, then um, you can probably, you can probably take a HDR. But the, well, I think one of the most important things for H- taking HDR shots is you've got to have a, a tripod. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's got to be the same shot every single time. But I believe that that uh, webcast is. Um, did I read it right in the article that you said it's it's available on? Um, on YouTube, yeah, yeah, did I, did yeah. O- O'Reilly put it out on YouTube. So if if you if anybody wants to go out and let me make a note to link link to O'Reilly <laughs> webcast. Boy, this show is just going to be 
a frigate Brilliant. train wreck. It's going it's to just get better from this point forward. <laughs> well, you know, it kind of has to at this point. <laughs> anyway, the last thing on the website is um, it's a review by Mike Breed, and it's called A Cornuco- Cornucopia of iPhone 4 Cases. Oh, you know um, what? I was, I, I was reading. I actually did read this, and the, the part that I found was just hysterical was him falling out of the boat. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to say, it, basically, never carry a case when you're going fishing. Or never carry your phone when you're going fishing. <laughs> or at least put the phone in, like, 14 plastic bags <laughs> that are sealed, and then leave that at home. And yes. that way, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're going to be okay. Anyway, so, I, think the, I think the lowest score that uh, one of the cases got was 7 out of 10. And uh, one of the cases got 9 out of 10. So they'll just have to go and read and find out which. Yep. And they were all Griffin cases except for Apple's bumper case. Yeah. <coughs> oh, my, my. Excuse me. Um, going on, let's let's talk for a minute now. Now, not last week, but the week before last, you were talking about, you know, replacing a bunch of electronics in your home. And yep. you're now using a uh, a brand new Mac Mini as your media server. Uh, I certainly am. Uh, I set it all up. Everything went relatively smoothly. Um, I used the HDMI output and plugged that into the TV. Now I've got a an LCD TV, but it's it's in fact it's a twenty seven inch uh, TV, and it's we've got smaller rooms over here, so our, t- our tellies are a little bit smaller. Um, <laughs> That's okay. It just looks so much better when the pixels are compressed. Like that. <laughs> um, and I had to do a little bit of. Uh, the jiggery pokery in the um do you like that jiggery pokery jiggery right? pokery i like it yeah sounds like um, it's something from harry potter yeah it was my, i thought of that first you know <laughs> <laughs> she stole it that <laughs> <laughs> well you know anyway i went into displays and obviously set up the hd um hdmi channel i had to do a little bit of overscan because the the screen wasn't perfect but it right. it's it's brilliant, and obviously the DVD goes in the uh, the front of the machine, and uh, the girls can play their DVDs to the heart <clears throat> heart's content. Um, I've obviously installed Plex on there, which I think I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, you said you had some problems with it though two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, and it's it's starting to be that um, I, I did say before that we like simplicity, and it's certainly heading that way. It's heading down the route that um, I mean, I had a Mac Mini before, which I used as an iTunes server, so this is really kind of replaced that with hopefully the functionality, uh, more functionality without having to use, you know, go through the interface of another device, which in the previous case was an, uh, an Apple TV. Well, it looks like I'm going to have to go out and get another Apple TV. Because <laughs> Just it, to keep Ms. Gazmaz happy? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, to keep myself happy at certain points as well, because there are times when I just don't want to be messing about. I just want to put it on, go and look at my photos, perhaps bring up a podcast, perhaps bring up one of the TV shows. Um, and Plex, as I said before, it doesn't always bring up the right details on some of the uh, movies that I've put in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance really to do too much in the way of fiddling. I've done a little bit of fiddling and it still brings up the wrong information against some of the movies that we put in, which are our movies, you know, our own yeah. home movies. So, you know, it, it's not working as well as I'd like it to. So um, what do you, do you think it's, it's a, uh, problem with their interface or how you have it set up or what i think it's a problem with the interface i think it's the problem with the way we interact with um plex so it's a combination of those things really um you know the fact that you need to have a device to be able to interact other than the remote with um, yeah. the mac mini is the first hurdle yeah now, that's not a big hurdle, but it's the first hurdle. And that's where, you know, you just think, oh, I've got to pick up another device and I've got to go to the mouse and I've got to, you know, perhaps pick up the the, the wireless keyboard, which is, you know, in the cupboard. We don't kind of keep it out. It's we've got a minimalist um, living room, I can tell you. Um, and it's it, it's just that first hurdle. And as soon as you've got one hurdle, that kind of in itself creates Another the second hurdle. It creates the second hurdle <laughs> automatically because in your mind, there's already. <coughs> Excuse but, me, sorry. But um, I mean, we're living with it. I'm, I've not gone out and bought the Apple TV yet, but I've, I've got a feeling it's quite close on the horizon. 
Yeah, um, there's got to be there's got to be some way. And you know, anyone who's listening to the show, if if you have any any ideas to make life easier for Gaz and and Mrs. Gaz, you know, <laughs> send us an email on Twitter, Mac Parrot. Uh, oh, tell us, tell Gaz us your experience Maz. of using home media. Oh, um, would love to hear it. Uh, 703-436-9501 is our Skype number. Or, or email us um, a link to a, a short little clip or send us a little clip over email. I can do that as well. Sure. You can even you know record it on your iPhone and email it to us that way. Absolutely. Guy at MyMac.com or Gaz at MyMac.com. And we'll, we'll say all this again at the end of the podcast, so don't worry about that. <laughs> and, but I believe you've been doing something with uh, some iTunes content. Yeah, uh, I've typically, you know, for a long time, I, my library wasn't that large, so I had it on my internal drive in my, my 24-inch iMac. But as it started to get bigger and bigger and I wanted to have, uh, you know, Windows 7 on boot camp available, so, you know, something had to go. So I figured, okay, I'll get an external drive. I'll put my iTunes stuff on there, and that's what I did. Well, that was a couple of years ago. So as time has gone on, my, my iTunes collection, you know, with ripping my own DVDs and everything else and, of course, buying stuff on iTunes has gotten bigger and bigger, and now it's like crowding uh, 900 gigabytes on a one-terabyte drive. And I don't know about you, Gaz, but anytime I have a hard drive that has less than 10% capacity left – I get very nervous. Well, don't you remember my uh, my time capsule was on? Uh, obviously, it's five hundred gigabytes, and I had about five hundred four hundred and ninety. Was it max left? Four hundred. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. had like almost nothing left. <laughs> so now, of course, the other problem was is that none of it was backed up. So I, I had no backup. Uh, for, that's why I had one over you on that one because I did have it backed up. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided since I was going to get a bigger drive for it anyway that I was going to kind of take the next step and set up a RAID 1. Um, you know, on a future show, I, I plan on oh, – don't be scared. It's okay. On, on a future show, I plan on uh, uh, bringing in someone who, who I won't mention right now to talk about RAID. Um, but basically what a RAID 1 is is basically you, you get two drives of the same size – you put them together, and it basically one mirrors the other. So if one dies, you still have you know the full backup of everything else. And to do this, I, I, I really wanted to do it. I mean, you can do it in separate enclosures, and God knows I had enough drives around here where I could have done it. But that just seemed really clumsy, and you know I didn't want to do it that way. I figured if I was going to do it, I was going to do it right. So I went out to uh, a local electronics store, Micro Center, in uh, Vienna, Virginia, and I picked up a Vantech Nexstar Oh, I love this name. It's the MXNST-400MXUFB, which tells you absolutely nothing about the product. You know, it's Apple uses nothing. Yeah, iTunes and iMovie and iPod. And here's this thing. It's the Nexstar MX, you know, kiss my butt kind of thing. So well, that's basically more descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> Go out and get the kiss my butt. So it's a uh, it, it's a dual drive enclosure, SATA, of course, and then I picked up also I for and this was a great deal. Uh Seagate Barracuda two terabyte drives, each one was a hundred and nine dollars. Two terabyte drives, a hundred and nine dollars yeah, each. That sounds good actually. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about the same sort of rate that I got my uh my two terabyte as well. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a, yeah. Now, it was kind of you know, and we talked about this before the show. It was kind of fifty nine hundred RPM. Now I've heard, of course, of of forty two hundred and uh, fifty two hundred and seventy seventy two hundred RPM drives. Yeah. I never yeah. heard of a fifty nine hundred RPM drive. Something to do with well, it's green. It's a green drive. Okay, fine. So it's fifty nine hundred RPM, and it, that means it's green. Whatever. So I t- I took both drives, stuck them in the uh, the next star enclosure. Uh, went into drive utility, very, very easy to do. Set it up as a RAID 1 where one mirrors the other. So yep. I bought four meg- four megabytes of storage, and I have two megabytes can available I, to me. Can I interrupt you there, Guy? Sure. I mean, I know we're not going to get too involved here because you're going to get somebody on, but can I just ask a question? Yeah. Do you need software to do that? Uh, no, you do, you do that right in Apple's drive utility program, which okay. is part of the OS. Excellent. So that's, I mean, so for about $350, I've got a big enclosure and two two terabyte drives in it, and I'm probably good. And, you know, every time I've, I've always said, I'll never fill up that space, I do it within six months. So 
I have a feeling that one way or another, I'm going to have 1.8 terabytes of iTunes content in the next 60 days. That's the only thing I can figure. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. But the whole thing ended up costing me a little under 350 bucks. That sounds good. Yep. And you know what? We're, we're, we're starting to run a little late, so we're going to, we're going to take a little break here. So please stand by to stand by and we'll be right back. I'm glad you said that. If you enjoy the MyMac.com podcast, check out TechFan, hosted by me, Tim Robertson, the original MyMac.com podcast host. Every week we're going to have a new show about all things technology, great interviews, fun time, listener invites. Check it out. It's in iTunes, TechFan. true enlightenment can take many forms but this probably isn't one of them the g-men on the mymac.com podcast and welcome welcome back to uh, the mymac.com podcast timber 114 no i'm just kidding <laughs> three 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 I'm one four live that down am no I? no i'm, I'm never gonna live that down. well what people can do is send us <laughs> feedback at area code 703-436-9501 and tell us how badly gas screwed up. So, of course, I've got nothing to say since I wasn't even on the show last week. Uh, this this segment, uh, Gaz and I wanted to talk about, it's it's uh, somewhat related to Apple. Um, to, well, the, to, blame's, the blame's being laid at Apple's door, although I'm not quite sure that's particularly true. But. No, I, and honestly, I don't think it is either. And what we're talking about is uh, the, how netbook sales have plummeted. And when I, was, when I was writing up some of the notes to send to Gaz to talk on the show tonight, um, my question was, is it because they're pretty crappy to begin with and people are finally starting to realize <laughs> this? Or can some of it be laid at the feet of the iPad and some of the other iOS devices? I, I think that's absolutely spot on. I think people have, you know, the, the vibes out there now, people have, have, have heard that actually these netbooks are not really that useful. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you've got, you've got this little, little tiny keyboard and that in itself wouldn't be that big a deal because of course, both the, the iPhone and the iPads keyboards, which are virtual aren't exactly uh, the easiest uh, to use well, either. Stop, yeah, but I'm going to stop you there. You see, the iPhone's keyboard, the iPhone is a completely different device to a netbook. Well, oh, no, I, I'm not arguing that. A netbook is definitely aimed at trying to be a portable computer. Right. I don't think it's ever worked. I just don't think, because it's, it's really, a, you know, I've always seen them as being a glorified tiny typewriter. Um, yeah. And that might that might be being a little bit unfair, but that, you know the only the only time I wanted to try out a netbook uh, um, was really to hackintosh it to see if I could get you know the OS on there. The um, yeah, like David a, David uh, Cohen did one. There. Yeah, I know he did. I, I, in fact, I nearly bought one off him. Of <laughs> well, um, he, he brought it to um, the MacWorld Expo. Was it last year? Or maybe it was the, the year, year before. before. I think. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it was the first time he came to the MacWorld Expo, and he had this netbook running uh, OS X, and I was I was really intrigued by it. I was like, "Wow, look at that little tiny thing running running OS X." And I said, "Well, what do you use it for?" And he just kind of looked at me blankly. He was like, "Does it really matter?" You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, it's this you, little you tiny device. Person, you, 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 you how how dare you expect functionality from something this small and underpowered? And and that's really where it comes down to, as far as netbooks go. Their 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 biggest problem is, especially if you're running an OS, even whether it's OS 10 or Windows XP, which is what most of them have on it. Yeah. Um, it's just too much overhead, and then you throw start trying to throw some apps in it. For something that's just so small, I mean, the best thing about them was their portability, and I think that's why they survived yeah. as long as they did. But now the iPads come out, and obviously we have uh, hear tell of lots of other um, iPad competition devices coming right. out. I think people are probably holding off, and that's what they're going to be looking at buying. Yeah, I, I just can't see netbooks as a a, a viable market. 
going into the future something that because you've got you've got the small keyboard you've got the the small screen and most of them have a screen smaller than either the ipad or you know most of what will eventually probably be the you know the the bigger android os tablet devices yeah although you know we're talking about android devices the only one that really i'm i'm hearing about at the moment which is due to be um, released over certainly over here in the UK is the is it the Samsung Galaxy Tab? Yeah, the, was that seven inches? Yeah, but it's only seven inches. Yeah, that's right, and that's due for release I think in in November. Um, well, do, do you get the feeling that it it almost feels <laughs> like the iPad? And and the the crazy thing is it's it's not like the the tech world didn't know the iPad was coming even like like even a month or two. Before they actually officially announced it, there was so much, you know, blather going on in the tech press. Everybody knew yeah. this thing was coming out, and you know, just like with when the iPhone first came out, everybody just assumed, oh well, this is going to be Apple's downfall. There's no way they're going to sell, you know, uh, a pad that's ten inches tall that's not even running the full OS and blah 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 blah. So. And then, of course, the iPad comes out and is an immediate success, not just with people that already own Macs. But, I mean, there's there's a a pretty wide range of computer users that are buying them for a variety of reasons. Absolutely. I've got a friend around the corner who I'd never put down as buying an iPad. And uh, he was so excited when he called me up to ask me about, you know, what version should he get? Why, right. why would he just buy the Wi-Fi over, you know, the Wi-Fi plus 3G and, you know, what size memory and what sort of apps he can use? And and he's using it. He's got it in mind not only to use it as... <coughs> oh, sorry. Mm. No problem. Are you Dying. okay? I don't, I don't want you disappearing on me again, guy. <laughs> uh, <thump>. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, it, and it just used, seems like when I'm sorry, go ahead, guess. He's using it as a media device as well as something he wants to use for work. Yeah. And, and you know, I've seen lots of pictures of upcoming, you know, iPad killers and and this mm. this takes me back to like 2005-2006 when all the iPod killers were co- were getting ready to come out and not a single manufacturer really understood what made the iPod as popular as it was? And it, you know, the same kind of thing, you know, the same vibe I'm kind of feeling with all these, these, you know, Android based tablets that are coming out that they're just, they're panicking almost. They're saying, well, we, we, yeah, it, I think the I market think, is exploding. We've, we've got to get well, something you, in there. You talk about them panicking. I think Rim have done that. Whether that, I mean, they're not panicking, but I think that was a very, sneaky little ploy for them to come out and tell everybody about their... Oh, the um, black pad or the, the whatever? Play, the playbook. Yeah, the, the playbook. playbook, yeah. Um, and, I mean, some people are thinking, well, um, they they perhaps did it because they want to just stop people from actually buying one to hold off just so they can wait because, you know, so they can perhaps get one next year because it's not going to be available to next year because there is no device. RIM do not have a device at the moment. Um, and, you know, some people are saying, well, they did it so people wouldn't buy an iPad for Christmas and that, you know, kind of just stops that sale and it means that they will definitely wait for the RIM device. But I tell you what, if they don't come up with something decent next year, a load of people will just, they'll have a much bigger choice of products to buy from because it won't just be the Apple iPad. There'll be lots of other tablets out there which people sure. will go to. Um, but I think, you know, the, the the iPad has got such a head start. It's incredible. Yeah. And and the other thing that, that people, and, and Google kind of gets this with the, the Android store, is that you can't just put out a device and say, okay, hey, it's just like the Apple, you know, iDevice. It, you know, it's got this screen. It does this. It does that. It's like, okay, where are the apps? Where, where, where's the the, the media for it? Where's the software to make this do something? Oh, well, we've got you know these six apps right here, all ready to go. It's like six apps. You have six apps. Six. That's it. Just six. <laughs> so you know, and that's it. And it's part of the reason why, of course, you know, why the iPod took off as well is that Apple had such a huge head start when it came to, to, for, you know, media for the iPad to, you know, to, well, content. 
<laughs> yeah, content, content to put into the iPad because obviously yeah. my tongue is turning circles in my mouth and <laughs> I'm just not able to speak very well. <laughs> you know, and but Google seems to get that with the Android store. They are really, really pushing developers to to come out with more and more interesting apps. And and obviously, the more um, that the Android phones also uh, take a hold in the market, the more the developers may say, "Okay, well, we've got not just the phones that we're going to be develop developing for. We've also got possibly, uh, you know, we'll start to create right. possibly apps like they do for the iPhone and the iPad, and make them a universal device." and we'll have more than one type of device that we can sell them on to as well. So, you know, there's going to be good competition out there. It's, you know, competition Well, there is needs good. to be. You know, yeah, anytime, if you leave Apple alone in a space, they get lazy. And Well, I, I know what you're saying, and I, I, I understand that, but let's, let's just go back. Sure. We say, they, we say they get lazy, but who brought out the iPad? Who brought out the iPhone? I think Phones it was exist- Apple. Absolutely. (laughs) Was that Apple getting lazy or was that Apple actually looking at what was not there at the time? What they, you know, they knew they could do. They could create something which was going to be just a superb device to use. Now, if you're talking about them getting lazy once they've actually got that product out there. Yeah, that's what I mean. I I can't really um, make any statements on that because I've not really been around Apple long enough to to see whether they do that. And I would say possibly any company may well do that. Um, yeah, without so, competition. Yeah, and if this keeps them on their toes, then, you know, kudos to Apple, but <laughs> great news for the users. Yeah, well, all the way around because um, now currently most of the, you know, at least of the ones that I've heard of when we're talking about Android tablets – they're supposed to be running, I think, Android OS version 2.2. Yeah, I've I've heard some rumors that they're, they're actually holding back because um, Android 3.0 is supposed to be coming Yeah, I think up. that's called Gingerbread. That's right, yeah. And that's supposed to be... I think that's right, anyway. Yeah, well, if it isn't, you can call us at 703-436-9501 and tell me I messed up. Um yeah, the the next version of of the Android OS, I believe, is supposed to have much better support for a tablet like device than two point two and some of the earlier versions of the Android OS. Right. Um, now, one of the things that has happened since the Android smartphones have come out is overall uh, the Android's share of the market has, has is now bigger than the market for the iPhone. But when I say overall, I mean, if you take the sales of every single Android-based phone and compare that to the sales of Apple's iPhone, it's a little bit bigger. across the world? Uh, Yeah, across the world. Okay. If you look at the sales figures for each individual Android phone as compared to the iPhone, well, the iPhone blows every single one of them away. Well... And of course, but of course, Google don't really care. No, as they don't as, care as, as long as as long as they're getting that device out there and it's selling. That's you know, yeah. that's giving them the kudos and the advertising because that's what they're after. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what Google does. So, um, why don't we take a little break? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, we probably we probably probably should. And when we come back, we're gonna we're, we're still gonna kind of talk about small devices and mobile apps and uh there's actually a new device getting ready to come out so everybody <laughs> please stand by to stand by and we'll be right back <laughs> Guy Searle here from the MyMac.com podcast. Just wanted to give you a quick word that if you want to save 15%, that's 15 
15% off some really, really great software, visit AmbrosiaSoftware.com. That's A-M-B-R-O-S-I-A-S-W.com, where you can find things like Wiretap Studio, Wiretap Anywhere, Soundboard. These are all programs we use every single week on the podcast, as well as some of the greatest games that the Mac can deliver to you. Remember, 15% off by using the code MyMac15. That's M-Y-M-A-C-15. All at Ambrosia Software. Space in your iTunes directory, the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back, everybody. And as Guy said in that little commercial, don't you forget to use that MyMac 15 discount for Ambrosia software. So, Guy. Yes. What have we got to speak about now? I, I, I've been talking Eiffel Tower. You've been talking museums. I, I'm not quite sure where we're going with this one. Uh, well, I, what I wanted to talk about was, you know, Where's the future on some of the apps for the iPhone? Uh, how could popular tourist sites use it to help people, you know, guide them through their their attractions or or like even even like a city walk? Imagine that you're in New York City or London, and you have a you have a, a an iPhone app or even an Android app with you know built-in gps and it's telling you okay well now you want to go over to this spot here and as you're walking down some particular street there's there's a little audio clip that that's telling you you know when you get to a a certain spot with you're using the gps you know on this spot jack the ripper you know killed a prostitute or you know what whatever it is that you're you're a real happy guy (laughs) you go go for the real nice stuff Okay, well, we can talk about Guy Fox then instead. <laughs> no, but I, it, it's funny that you 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 mentioned that because I did um, speak about um, in the uh, one of the other podcasts that I was on about the there's a company and I I haven't been able to dig out what price they're charging, but they're actually um, renting out iPads for when you go up the Eiffel Tower, and then as you go around the Eiffel Tower, I think you can click on the iPad itself on viewpoints obviously you know um uh, i don't think it's this is it augmented reality that they talk about i don't think it's quite that but obviously you can click on um points as you're going around yeah. obviously the top of the eiffel tower and it'll bring up information about you know the buildings and the architecture yeah. well, you know, you know, you know, really, looking at. all they would have to do is is just take a still shot from all four sides of the tower yeah. And then have hot spots on some of the various buildings that are in that picture. And as you're looking off in that direction, say, oh, I wonder what that building is there. You click that. It's like, oh, well, this building is the Louvre or, you know, whatever it is. You know, I can't think of any really bad Paris things like I had for London. So I'll, I'll have to research that later. <laughs> you know, I, I, in all honesty, uh, for, for, for the bills, for our UK <laughs> listeners, I've I've been to I've been to England a number of times, and, and I've loved back, no, yes. I, I love the place. Actually, my <laughs> wife and I spent uh, our honeymoon there. We went to England for our honeymoon. Well, yeah, uh, yet, I, another, I, yet another I, disaster that happened I was in say, London. Yeah, there's an app for that. There's an app for my honeymoon. Mm. But you're dead right. I think museums certainly could use it. And and what got me was the fact that they were renting out iPads. Um, I mean, my my first thought was, hmm, I wonder what the deposit is. But I mean, yeah, yeah. if you but go it, around a museum, they can they could easily have these rather than the touch screens that you often get when you're going around castles, museums, wherever it is. Um, if you've taken around an iPad, and obviously you could listen. A lot of these places do the you know these headphones or these headsets where you can listen to a commentary well you could combine that with the ipad and obviously you can interact with it a little bit as to you know where wherever you are in the building or wherever it is um and yeah i mean it's the potential's there sure absolutely you know here here in washington dc uh the smithsonian i don't know if it's i haven't been there in a couple years and shame on me because it's really a, a 
great bunch of, of museums, you know, different types of museums to go to. Uh, but they had like these these RF headphones that you would put on your head, and as you walked up to a certain section, you would you know it would kind of broadcast to you what it is that you were looking at. The problem with it was it wasn't very interactive, so you know you could walk up to it in the middle of the conversation and not even hear anything it said before. But something nice with either the iPad or even or even if you had an app on your iPhone, as you came up to a section, you could just kind of hit a button. And you know, not only could it give you audio content, it could actually show you like like a little QuickTime movie of you know, like say you're in the Museum of Natural History and you come up through the dinosaur section. Well, they could have a little thing in there. Okay, well, the T Rex would do this, and you know, Velociraptors lived in this particular way, and this is this is how they looked, and and this is how scientists used to think of them, and and this is what we know now. And you know, I mean, really, really make it interactive and fun. More interactive and fun. Yes. Yeah, then, <laughs> then, then, than they already are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. It's definitely, as long as it's not just a, a money-saving scheme to get rid of people, because, uh, you know, sometimes um, I've been around some places and you get these people that kind of talk to you and they've got, you know, sometimes they're dressed up and they talk about the exhibits or about whatever it is that they're, they're, they're there to, and they've got some great stories. So as long as they're not going to lose that. But no, the kids would love it, you know, with a touchscreen going around and, and interacting with it. it sure. I think it'd be a great idea. And that's, you know, this is, this is something that would be relatively inexpensive for, for a, a lot of, you know, like either the Smithsonian or, or even like, could you imagine going around the Tower of London with, and with all the history that's in that building? I did once, but I got away with it. <laughs> you know, um, and I love the Tower of London. I love the Beef Eaters. They're you know great bunch of guys, and they they really know how to play to the tourists, which yeah. which helps. Yeah. But when you get inside of a place like the Tower of London, you don't always you know you've got the little placards that are are there by various suits of armor and in the weapons and things like that. But it can't tell you everything that somebody could tell you either on like an iPhone or an well, Android it, device. Well, it's not it's not so much that it's. If you've got- <coughs> a touch device in front of you visually you are going to go to something which takes your interest if you've got a placard which has got lots of words with a few pictures you Whoa. sometimes have you you've still stood up guy you're right there yeah no something something just fell from upstairs last no, time that happened it was an entire computer but let's not go there um better but, not be but if you've got to read through the whole thing to find what's interesting, you'll read, you perhaps go to the first placard, you perhaps read it, you'll come to the next placard, you read the first sentence, and then you'll move on. Whereas yeah. if you've got like a, an interactive device, you know, which is visually well laid out, you will interact with it more at each of those sections wherever, you know, your interest yeah. creeps up. So, and you'll, yeah, spend, you'll, sp- you'll spend more time in you know the the various places that are there and you know oh, i've just i've just thought of a good reason they don't want you to use it then why well they want you in and out oh <laughs> <laughs> so you know this this is something that that i think you know that the industry eventually will go to i and i'm i'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing what what some other people cuz obviously i'm not a developer uh could could come up with and the other thing we wanted to talk about tonight um, and this was my idea. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a little company out in Washington State. Uh, you may have heard of it called Microsoft. They're getting ready to finally come out with Windows Seven Phone. And you know we're now. Let's see. The iPhone came out in 2007. Android came out in 2008. Here we are, nearly at the end of 2010, and Microsoft is finally coming out with a, a, a decent, or at least I'm sure they hope it's decent, uh, software for a smartphone. Two to three years later. Well, <sighs> well of course, they did have the Kin, which lasted about six weeks and then was yanked off the shelves. They had the one. It was the kin, the kin. Yeah, that's what they I called it. I, I, I don't, don't even re- think it was. Re- I don't think it was released internationally. It no, was just here in the states. I don't remember that. At all. It was a terrible, terrible little device. 
but I'm sure look, look, I'm sure Balmer thought it was great. Microsoft's a big business unit. They they cannot afford not to be in this marketplace because it's all about revenue and it's all yep. about ad revenue. So that's why they're doing it, guy. You know, but it's being, taking it, them so darn well, long. Yeah, and if yeah. you know you you wait, you know, it's it's not like when. You know, back in the '80s, when Apple had you know the the Mac, they had you know a graphic user interface on the Mac, and it took Microsoft like what ten years. To, you know, Windows ninety five was really the the first decent competitor to the Mac. These you know these days you don't have that much time. You've got to come out with something a little bit quicker than three years. I think you do in the phone space, and I think that's where actually um, uh, we're going to see a lot of leapfrogging. I think from each of these companies in the, over the next few years, you know, a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, Android, 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 Android," and they may well be getting a slight lead on Apple. But I think then Apple will come back, and you know, the next iteration of the, of the iPhone will have you know whatever it needs to 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 take a step closer, or it may be a bigger jump and take a step forward, and the window the win Microsoft have got to get a device out there and they've got to learn the ropes. Yeah, get some traction that. going. They've got to get some traction on there. Now, you gotta remember though, Guy, there's an awful lot of people that use Microsoft and are fans of Microsoft, perhaps not as dedicated as Apple. Fanboys, yeah, but uh, you know, but there are lots of people that would buy, you know, whatever Microsoft brings out. So they're going to have a big market out there. But I agree with you; they are. It's incredible how, for such a big and technology-based organization, how slow they are. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think that it's it's management down or engineers up? Um, I I think this is management down. Yeah, I, I would th- kind I, of agree I, with that. I think this is this is definitely managers telling uh, telling engineers what they need and where they need to be, and the engineers are going uh, right. We've come up with this, and their managers saying no, 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 push back down. It needs to be like this. <laughs> Without you know, it's it's kind of the same problem that the American auto, automobile industry had in that. You know, you had the bean counters trying to tell the engineers how to build cars, and the engineers are going, "Look, you know, we've been building cars for a really long time." I think we know how to build a car. And, uh, you know, with Balmer in charge at Microsoft, you know, Microsoft has not been the same company since Bill Gates left. Do you not know what? At all. I think they made, uh, this is going to sound really weird, but I think they made a great double act. What, Gates and Balmer? Yeah. I do. We never really used to, I mean, from my perspective, I, if somebody had said to me, Microsoft and Balmer, when Bill Gates was there, I'd have said, Barmer, who's Barmer? Yeah, but I think he was a great guy to have in the organization and a great, uh, you know. Well, he was compatriot. a marketer. Yeah, but he was a great compatriot for Bill Gates. But Bill Gates was the front man, and I think as a double act, they were great. And since Bill's gone, well, yeah, we've, we've seen it. We've yeah. seen it. Well, we had Vista. I mean, amazingly, we had the I, heard the, I think I saw a um, Zoom. I mean, this is not exactly Mac um, yeah. related, but I, I saw. Um, um, some statistics that the uh, web browser, i.e. web browser, is now down to 50% market share. Yeah, well, I mean, between Firefox, uh, Safari, which is now, which of course is cross-platform. And Chrome. And, and Google's Chrome. There are a, a lot of options. And it's not like Microsoft can lock people into a browser anymore. No. It's no. too easy to, you know, and, and back in the day, if you were going to download something like an application or a browser, it could take forever with relatively slow, you know, internet speeds. But now that, now that you know, people, you know, a, a, a large number of people have broadband, it no longer takes that long to, to download something like a browser. So, so who do you think this phone is going to affect? Do you think it's going to affect Android sales or do you think it's going to affect iPhone sales? Depending on how they market it, I think it'll probably affect Android sales more. I think people that would tend to. would be more likely to replace their phone every six months, you know, whenever the latest hotness comes out, would would look at a, a Windows Seven phone as compared to yet another Android phone. And these are people. A lot of these people. You know, they wouldn't buy an iPhone if it was solid gold and, you know, came with, you know, wrapped in Cadbury chocolate. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that they're coming out. I just can't figure out what the hell took them so long. Well, I can remember you talking to me about this very early on and saying, I want to talk about the Windows 7 phone. And that, that was some time ago. And it, it's, you know, they've only just got around to it. So. Yeah, it's like, hey, but it's why? more competition. So, you know, if it keeps uh, the likes of Apple on their toes, that's good. That's always good. Uh, before we head out for the night, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of our, you know, some apps that uh, that we were enjoying lately. Okay, well, I'm I'm going to actually mention an app which is you can it's um, it's a universal app, so you can use it on your iPhone, your iPod Touch, um, which is what I use it on, and also your iPad, which again I use it on that as well. Um, but it, there is actually a um, uh, one of these clients which you can use on your Mac as well. So we're not just talking about uh, apps here which are um, iOS uh, related. Um, the application is called Colloquy and it's an IRC client. Now, occasionally I go into chat rooms uh, which use all sorts of uh, different uh, yeah, clients. Right. Uh, ThinStack is one of, uh, one of those that I go into quite a lot. Um, and I go into the chat rooms and I use Colloquy certainly on the iPad and on the iPod Touch. Um, but if I'm in front of my uh, Mac, I also use Colloquy um, IRC ch- client to uh, to go into those chat rooms uh, on that as well. Um, now, it costs pound nineteen if you buy it for your iOS device. But I think the Mac... Um, the Mac version that you download is actually free. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll do a quick check on that for you, but um, I'm pretty sure that the Mac app is uh, is free. But, uh, <coughs> I like it. It's a, it's a good app. does exactly what it says on the tin. Okay, I've got two that I'm going to talk about. Uh, one is an updated version. Is that because you weren't here last week? Yeah, yeah, i, I got to get my plugs in, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh for for people that enjoy the kind of um, touch and drag games, I'm sure most of you have heard of Harbor Master, where you're you're moving boats around to various docks, and and you know it's it's a great game. Well, they've recently updated it. It's got kind of a new look, and some of the um, scenarios that were only available in Harbor Master HD for the iPad have been ported over to the iPhone version. Not quite the same, because, of course, they don't have the same type of real estate available, but they, they've really made some changes to it. It's a free update for everyone that already has Harbor Master. Uh, it's from Imagi Studios, and in the States, it's $1.99. This is a game that I've had almost since the first day that I got the iPhone. The second one is also a click-and-drag game, and, you know, who doesn't love zombies everybody loves zombies <laughs> this is from uh chilango which is a you know well-known uh ios developer yep, i know chilango yeah yep it's called zombie escape and it's a top-down scroller helicopters come in you have to guide the survivors to the helicopters there's you know all kinds of things you have to pick up and you know sos uh, little walkie-talkies to bring in more helicopters. There's, you know, stuff you can throw that will distract or make the zombies sleep. But it, it, it really is a lot of fun. And the best part is it's 99 cents. Great little game from Chilango called Zombie Escape. Excellent, excellent. And just to to back up the uh, the IRC client that I was talking about, the Colloquy, it is a free download for your Mac, and also it's a universal. So if you're still on a Power PC, oh, it'll still work there too. It'll work there too. So cool. excellent. Good little selection. Gaz, mm-hmm. if someone wanted to contact you, how if would... They re- if they, they really wanted to contact If they really me, wanted to contact you, how would they do it? Uh, best way is to contact me on gaz at mymac.com, or you can tweet me by going over to twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. And if you wanted to get a hold of me, you can contact me at guy at mymac.com. Or at Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot. <laughs> I love that. I don't, even after all this time, I still it still makes me laugh. Um, of course, there's also feedback at mymac.com. Uh, yeah, send 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 an audio clip in through there if you don't want to ring the uh, the Skype number, which I think Guy's going to give you now. <laughs> By God, you must be psychic, Gaz, because yes, <laughs> I am. Uh, I've only mentioned it about five times tonight. It's our, <laughs> well, our, our, I think you should go for the record. I think you should go for the record. Okay, okay. Our Skype number is 
Uh, U.S. area code 703-436-9501. That's 703-436-9501. And please call us. We, we love playing your calls. We love getting feedback from you guys. Also, don't forget, if you have the chance, go over to iTunes and rate our podcast on iTunes. And for those that already have done, thank you very much. Yep. Well done. Please do it yes. again. <laughs> As, oh, you know what? And I forgot to uh, almost forgot to mention this. We got an email from fearless leader Tim last mm-hmm. week, and we were featured on the uh, the What's Hot page in iTunes. I think that's the first time that's happened. Woo! Yeah. Uh, well, that must be all those people going over to uh, to well, leave te- feedback. Yeah. Well, uh, darn it, they should. <laughs> And if you get the chance, uh, please also if you're getting if you're getting us through the mymac.com feed, you're also getting the uh, Tim Tim's new show Tech Fan. Uh, please go over to iTunes and leave feedback for that, as well as for uh, at the App Minute podcast with Sam Levin. And I um, think uh, what? Go ahead. Yeah, I, actually, just one thing on that. It is some people. It, I know that I've actually um, had people in the in the past say that uh, that they've missed episodes um, from other podcasts that I've done. So it may be that you want to go into your settings on your podcast, and if you're missing one or two of the shows, just go down and have a look, and you can actually cha- change it because it may be set to download the most recent podcast. Yeah. Uh, if you change that to download all, you should get everything that's coming down. So uh, just keep an eye yep. open for that. Well, go ahead, go ahead, and uh, give a plug for your other shows, there, guys. Ah, uh, no, I, I mean, I, I, I can be found. I do a little section, a little five, five to ten minute section on the For Mac Eyes Only podcast, where I do a news and views from across the pond. So I just that's do, a good section. I just well, do it's a, a good section. podcast. Yeah, I just do a little section for you know stuff that we uh, is related to uh, European uh, items. Yep. Um, I occasionally do uh, short reviews for the Mac Review Cast. That's um, he's poor old Tim. He's been struggling actually. Uh, Tim Verborton. He's been struggling with his podcast on uh, the website. He's changing over servers, so it's um, not been out for a, a few weeks. But yeah, well, Tim, Tim, Tim went through that. that recently too. Yeah, Tim Robertson absolutely, did. absolutely. And the other one, which I know that you listen to occasionally, <laughs> oh, which yeah. is, uh, is uh, and I don't. Don't appear on this on a regular basis. Just occasionally, is the IMP podcast. Drink. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got it. That's a bit of a long podcast, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, uh, what somewhere between like an hour and a half and two hours. Yes. Yes. And it's, but uh, at it no goes, at it, no point is it boring. <laughs> those guys are great. I love I love those guys. So I think uh, I think we need to wrap it up, Gaz. Yeah, I'm. It's getting late here. I'm getting tired. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Uh, as a added little bonus, yeah, please. As an added little bonus, uh, after the end of the uh, the music that you hear at the end of the show, Gaz and I recorded a thirty second and fifteen second commercial for the MyMac.com podcast to be played on uh, TechFan and App Minute, and uh, I think I will put in some of the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> Which will explain and why the beginning of this show was so, was so friggin' bad. goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just, excuse me. I've just got to think now. Did I swear? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, I think we both had some choice words to say. <laughs> so, everyone, thank you so very much for listening to the show. We look forward to uh, to doing it again next week, and we hope you'll be there with us. So, you all have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Speak to you soon. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes. And I'm recording, so whenever you're ready. Hi, everyone. It's Gaz. And Guy, the G-Men from the MyMac.com podcast. Hold on. Why I don't do these things before I call you, I have no idea. (sighs) Okay, sorry. Go again. Take two. Since 2004, the MyMac.com podcast is the show you can listen to when you don't want to take (sighs) technology. Okay, hold on. 
Since 2004, the MyMac.com podcast is the show you listen to when you don't want to take... Tech... Good God. <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> Ah. <laughs> okay. All right. No. 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 I'm. I'm. I'm all right. I'm all right. Take breathe, fourteen. Breathe, in, breathe out. Breathe in. <laughs> breathe out. Breathe out. Since 2004, the MyMac.com podcast is a show you listen to when you don't want to take technology so serious it can be fun too. And I again. <sighs> Good God. <laughs> Good God. Good God. What is it good, good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Say it again. <laughs> All right, let's do the second one. You ready? <laughs> ready. Okay. Greetings, it's Guy. And Gaz, the G-Men for the MyMac.com podcast. Our podcast has been going strong since 2004, talking about all things Mac and Apple. With great, great, great guests. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> bleep, bleep. With great guests and listener invites. So there's never a dull moment. The MyMac.com podcast, irrelevantly relevant. Find us on iTunes. Just do a search in the podcast section with MyMac. Subscribe and be... Find us on iTunes. Just do a search in the podcast section with MyMac. Subscribe and prepare to be entertained. <laughs> I'll do that again. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Let me move that because I'm not reading that next line. Find us on iTunes. Just do a search in the podcast section with MyMac. Subscribe and prepare to be entertained. Ah, yeah, I think we got it. <laughs>